Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. And today we are going to talk about imposter syndrome. And yeah. this is going to be a shorter one today. So we have about 10, 15 minutes, but we wanted to make sure for consistency's sake and also to lead into next week's deep dive into imposter syndrome that we just kind of talk about what imposter syndrome is from a high level because there are kind of different interpretations and understandings of what it is and why we want to have this conversation which is because by better understanding what imposter syndrome actually is, we are certainly, I think that you can be more aware of its impact on how you serve clients and to be able to make sure that you don't harm them, which I think is a very important part of the financial coach. So yeah. where do you want to start with imposter syndrome? start with defining imposter syndrome a little bit. And there is the, we'll call it the, popular media definition, which is the one that most people are familiar with. Yeah. And then there's the actual academic definition. And when I say actual academic definition, I don't mean that the other definition doesn't exist. It's just that it was misinterpreted by the media and then it create got its own life and its own definition, right? Gotcha. And so imposter syndrome, we'll start with the academic definition, and then we'll move to the sort of more popular one that probably people in this group are referring to when they refer to imposter syndrome. Yeah. And the actual academic definition comes out of a concept within it called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And the Dunning-Kruger effect looks at the relationship between competence in a field and confidence in a field. And you would think that as someone gets smarter, their confidence goes up in their knowledge in the field. And the opposite is true. What actually happens is as you get smarter, your confidence drops. And you can think of this like if I were to give you a cardboard box, an ironing board, a roll of duct tape, do you think you could build an airplane? I don't mean something that looks like an airplane. I mean, could you use those tools to build an actual airplane that would fly? That, no, I don't think no, so. Right? <laughs> but when you were five years old, you probably would have been up on the roof of your house thinking that you got an air, you, you're going to be flying off the roof, right? I actually built, or I actually made a round plane for having rocket propelled shoes. So, and I totally thought I could build it. So yes, yeah, <laughs> I probably would have thought so. And that's a really simplistic version of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is you still don't know how to build an airplane, but you know enough that an ironing board and a cardboard box wouldn't do it. Correct. Right. And so as you gain more knowledge in an area, 
your confidence in the area drops. But the Dunning-Kruger effect has these two parts to it. And the first part is what's called imposter syndrome. And that's after you gain an enormous amount of knowledge in an area. These are people who, and the research comes out of things like you had people that oftentimes the research was with minorities or women who were in fields that were not dominated by minorities and women. And they had advanced degrees. They had doctoral degrees. They had worked with Nobel Prize winning people in the field during their doctoral programs, but they still felt like imposters. Mm. And it wasn't just because of the fact that it was dominated by other people, because people who are white and male also have this feeling. It's that the more you know in a field, the more you realize what you don't know, because you have more knowledge, so you can recognize the limits to human knowledge in a particular field. And that knowledge of what you don't know makes you feel small hmm. and makes you feel like maybe what I know isn't as much as everyone thinks when from the outside world, you are one of the foremost experts in the particular field. Right. Right. So that's the tail end of the Dunning-Kruger effect. But there's this earlier part of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is more relevant to financial coaches. And that is what's called Mount Stupid. And I'm not calling anyone stupid. This is literally the term in the academic research is Mount Stupid. And what it is, is your level of confidence in an area doesn't always go down as you gain more confidence, as you gain more competence, as you gain more knowledge. In the very beginning, your level of confidence skyrockets as you gain more knowledge. And that is what's known as Mount Stupid. And it's only after you hit a certain threshold of gaining knowledge that your confidence drops like a rock. And then it slowly goes back up, but it never, even when you get to that doctoral level of knowledge, you never get to the same level of confidence as you did when you were on Mount Stupid. Because you knew just enough to think you knew a lot. Right. But you still didn't know what you didn't know. And that's where it can be really dangerous for coaches because coaches, you do know a lot. And you know just enough oftentimes to get onto Mount Stupid. And it's something that I am keenly aware of with many aspects of my life. You know, for example, with regards to the law, I know a pretty good amount with relation to law. I've taken classes and all sorts of other things. Your wife's but I'm also lawyer. keenly aware that I am very well entrenched on Mount Stupid when it comes to the law. And my wife, who is a partner in a law firm, is very happy to point it out to me when it happens. <laughs> Good on her. <laughs> right. And so it's the, the reality is we all live on Mount Stupid in different areas of our life and different aspects of our lives. And we have to be very, very careful that our confidence in certain areas doesn't cause us 
to create situations that can harm other people. Mm. Right? Yeah. And this is where you know, discussions that we've had in this community, it, you know, why we say it's really important to know when to refer out to other people, what mm -hmm. your lane is as a financial coach, not just so that you could potentially get into regulatory problems yeah. with doing giving financial advice or legal advice, but so that you don't think that you know more than you do in a particular area like taxes, right? Mm -hmm. That have very around taxes, but there's a bunch of nuance around that. You as a yeah. certified financial planner who may do some basic tax planning, like you, I know that you've said you've require for some of your clients that they have a CPA, if they have a certain level of intricacy in their taxes. Like mm -hmm. I know that outside help, even with, you know, as much knowledge as, as you have and having to do the yeah. CFP. Yeah, I, I do a lot of not just basic, but very advanced tax planning for my clients. Mm -hmm. But tax planning is not the same thing as filing tax returns and giving tax advice in the current year. They are two completely different skills. And the idea that looking at a 20 decade plan to lower liabilities over the 20 or 30 years and being really skilled at doing that is going to make you really skilled at being able to identify the current year's taxes, looking at what has happened and filing those tax returns to the best benefit of the client within the confines of the law. You, you may think that those two things are really, really well entrenched together with each other, but they are not. <laughs> and that's why I have a CPA as well, not just for my clients. I personally have a CPA that does our taxes because it is a very different skill and a very different set of of things. And I know enough to know that I would be on Mount Stupid for filing this year's taxes. And this is, this is not what we are going to talk about today or necessarily next session. Maybe we'll add it in, but I'm curious something that I maybe people would be interested in this group to hear about is how to share information like on social media or in marketing that because it's hard to give short little bites of information when a lot of times there's a lot of complexity to it. So, I, you know, I'm yep. kind of curious as to like how to share basic information in a way that doesn't harm clients or say that this is all the information that they need to know. Right. So kind of recognizing that, I don't know if it's that you're on Mount stupid, but like the amount of information that you're giving is, is limited in a way and doesn't give the full context. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, almost every topic we could go into a deep dive into here is why what you traditionally see in blogs and on websites and in books and in other places is really entrenched on Mount Stupid. And that's, and that's because of what you identified. The reality is getting off of Mount Stupid, you're not going to be able to do it in even a 3000 article a word article, right? Yeah. It, it requires enormous nuance. And it's one of those things where you have to really think about what things you say in marketing and how those could very well harm someone 
depending on the circumstances and the situation that they're in. And I know sometimes we come across for sure as Debbie Downers in <laughs> what we talk about with, you know, here's where potential liability is. Here's some things to look out for. You know, I, I think our pendulum certainly swings on the be more cautious side of things, mm -hmm. but. But it also swings on the more effective side of things. People tend to want to think, oh, well, giving some advice around telling someone that they're going to be, that they should invest in the S&P 500 index. Okay. We're going to ignore how horrible that advice is, right? Yeah. But let's just say, you know, giving that thing, that's the thing that's going to get people to actually follow me on Instagram, on Facebook. That's going to be the thing that's going to be helpful, right? Little personal finance tips. Yeah. And the reality is that is nowhere near as effective as talking about the pain points and the felt needs of your ideal client. And so it's not just a matter of it's, it could potentially harm people. It's also a matter of it's not going to be as effective for your marketing. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, I know no one lays up at night in their bed thinking, oh man, should I invest in the S&P 500 or the Russell 3000, right? No one, no one does that. No one loses sleep about it, right? They, they lose sleep about, you know, how am I going to get my kid into college or, you know, is, is sending my child to a private, a high school, a waste of money, right? A waste of my money, right? Yeah. And they, they lose sleep over feeling like failures and talking about those emotional, the human side, the life side, not getting into the details of, you know, how to afford a 529 plan, blah, 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 blah. That's not what people are asking. They're asking the life stuff. So focus on the life stuff, hmm. which is not going to be, here's how to go about accomplishing it. Gotcha. Right. Well, uh I'll make sure to put in the comments a picture of the Dunning-Kruger effect, just so that people can kind of see what that Mount Stupid looks like and beyond. And then next week, we'll talk about imposter syndrome. It, well, we didn't get to the traditional definition, so we'll do that in the next episode, unless you have a couple I minutes. I can do a quick one-minute one. Yeah. Cool. And but next time, we'll talk about it in relation to your coaching process and working with clients. And if you, so if you have questions or specific questions about it, because we know a lot of people struggle with this, please put them in the comments and we will address them. But the, the more pop media definition of it is the idea that I have this knowledge, but I'm afraid to share it with other people because I'm afraid that it's not enough, or I'm afraid that what do I have wrong, right? And that generally is not imposter syndrome from the academic perspective, because most of the people in here don't have advanced degrees in financial planning or in finance or in other things along those lines. Right. Gotcha. And so what that really is about is about feelings of confidence around your process, feelings of confidence around the knowledge that you have and feelings of confidence around being able to put good boundaries of this is what I work with with clients and this is what I don't, bringing us back to that Dunning-Kruger effect of this is where I know I'm on Mount Stupid, so I'm not going to work with that on cl with clients. And this yeah. is where I have 
more knowledge and more capacity and I can avoid harming people. And that's kind of the, the way that most, not just people in this group, but just people in general use the concept of imposter syndrome. And we'll talk about that maybe next time, maybe in a future one right after that. We might do a whole series on it. So <laughs> That would be kind of fun because I know it's something that has come up a lot in the group and that a lot of people feel in, you know, whether yeah. it's their coaching process, with their marketing, just starting a business and being a new business owner. So I think a series would be pretty fun to do on that yeah. for sure. Well, this was nice and short. We'll be on next week. Um, I've got to you... run to a client. <laughs> I was going to say, put any questions that y'all have in the comments and make sure to tag Josh and I so that we see them. And hopefully we'll see you next week. Thanks again, Josh, as always. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.